Welcome to The Marketer's Journey, a podcast that delivers real conversations and fresh perspectives from senior marketing executives who share the journey they've taken and the buyer journey they create. And now here's your host, Randy Frisch. Welcome to The Marketer's Journey. I'm Randy, and today I've got a great guest. In fact, Caleb Rubin is the head and VP of marketing at EQ Bank, a big growth bank in Canada where they're making headways in an industry that is often associated to be commoditized, but where there's opportunities to really differentiate yourself. And Caleb gives us a guide for how to differentiate your company, your brand, with a focus on brand. And that's what's interesting about his approach to this is he very much comes from a metrics-driven background. You know, one where you know he understands how to drive a funnel, how to optimize at every stage, but he believes that there's a serious need to focus on brand building and finding a storyline that people can get behind. And as he puts it, when you have more of a balance, you start to see more interest in your brand and more opportunity to move people through that pipeline, regardless of what stage it's at. Now, Caleb and I go back quite some time. We actually met, funny little story, at a Dylan's candy store in New York, even though both of us live in Toronto. And we were there, both faces looked familiar. We pieced it together through events like the content experience and other ways that we'd gotten to know each other over the years. He's been a customer of ours at Uberflip before over at GoEasy. This is going to be a great episode, especially the part where he talks about finding the right type of company, stage of company by experimenting. And I think you'll take a lot from this episode. Without further ado, here's my chat with Caleb Rubin. Hey, Caleb, thanks so much for finding time to chat with us. I know today you are the VP of marketing at EQ Bank, and it's a dream job. You're loving it. You're loving what the company is all about. But how did you get to this point in your career? What was, if you look back, where did this path start? Yeah. Hey, Randy. First of all, thanks for having me. It's, it's, a, it's an honor to be, be on the podcast. I'm a huge fan. So it's funny, looking over your career, you know, although it seemed like a series of random events, there were some connective dots. So I think let's start... Um, you know, at school, I studied economics and econometrics, so really into the data side of the world. But grew up in a household that was very much about creative. So I have two parents in the advertising world, and I think that formula sort of guided my career, if you look back over it. So I started actually at AT&T in the data science or marketing science departments, which was 20 years ago, seemed a bit of an oxymoron at the time. Um, but, but I think there, you know, it, it gave me the foundation of data, which really is you could connect dots and you could actually use data to, to truly influence business decisions. And at the time, you know, I think I, I became so painful for the marketing department, just telling them what to do. The head of marketing just said, hey, you should be in marketing and let's just pull you into marketing. So, so we did that. I then ended up at E-Trade. And had the luxury of working both in Toronto and in San Francisco. You know, for me, what I got out of that was the power of brand and storytelling. Right. So I've always taken your brand, your your product is what you do or service is what you make. Your brand is what people feel about what you do or what you make. It's your reputation. It's at a bigger level. Your products, 
you know, at the company level and the brand is at the cultural level. You know, if, if people were to look up your path, how did you make that jump so quickly in your career? I mean, that E-Trade was, was no small company by any means, a lot of eyeballs. And without, you know, without a ton of experience, if you will, you're already into a director role at that stage of your career, which is pretty quick to, to jump up that ladder. Yeah. Um, so what happened actually was uh, at AT&T Canada, the residential unit got bought out by a company called Primus. And so we moved over to Primus. And that was interesting because you'll see it sets up a mid-sized company. And at Primus, we were figuring out how to scale fast. And one of the entities that we actually uh, partnered with was, was E-Trade, who was scaling fast in, in Canada as well. And so through that relationship, I actually ended up jumping over to E-Trade. And so then I went to Rogers. And I think you know that was in the early days of wireless. And the interesting thing there for me was the foundation of strategy and to really put emphasis into who you are as a company, what your promise is, and marry that to the pain point of the customer and live in that zone maniacally, even if that isn't for everybody. After Rogers, I did a 180 and I I needed to do that in my career to get a taste of something, which was the startup world. I've always been intrigued by that world. I've always felt, especially in Canada, we have a phenomenal skill set and group of people that could build that world and I was going to dive into it. Um, And so I actually started my own company with with a few few colleagues and and became a demi-CMO, if you will, or head of marketing, a series of others, and, and became an advisor. You know, in that world... I jumped very much into the lean practice. So Eric Rise and the idea of product market fit and really into the idea of growth hacking. I think if you marry sort of my my background in data and then strategy, that, that was a neat fit to try to figure out, which is which is the technical side almost of marketing, that 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 biology of how does the thing work. Through that, I ended up at a series of fintechs, go easy, and, and the latest one being EQ Bank. And I think for me, what I found throughout my career is, if you look back, you learn who you are, and you learn what environment fits best for you. And for me, startup wasn't exactly the you know the, the best fit. Huge company wasn't the best fit. There was this middle zone that was a strategic hub, so it wasn't a sales arm of something. Um, but it was a scale up, and it was a scale up both in terms of the business entity of the, as well as the marketing. Um, I don't do well in babysitting a marketing department. There has to be a growth and, and a, an invention side to it, but also a place that has resources, um, and definitely a place where where you're passionate about what you do and what the company does, and that 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 marriage. And I think you know EQ, you go through your career and and you learn that about yourself through a series of trial and error ways. I, I love that. I love that evolution and and how you were able to find your place, your sweet spot by exploring. What are some of the, the experiences beyond learning for yourself, but maybe what are some of the skills that you developed, say at a startup, that help you run a midsize organization from a marketing perspective today? Because you got to probably be, as you said, more hands-on a la Eric Reese. Right, a hundred percent. And so, 
you know, all of the companies I've been there have been challenger companies at some point in time. And so both challenging on the business side, but also on the mindset. And I think the startup world is a supercharged reality of that challenger mindset where um, you need to grow, you need to go grow quickly, and you need to be diligent about moving people through that funnel. So every company, you know, has some funnel that goes on a stranger to a visitor, to a lead, to a, to, to a customer, to an advocate. And the startup world for me was really how do you manage in, in, in a sophisticated way people through that funnel with technology and tools versus big budgets. So being at a, at a big bank or, or a mid-sized bank, depending on how you want to look at EQ, but I, right. I, I drive by the big building with the big, <laughs> big logo outside the big building in, in Toronto myself. So I know it's a big enough company to afford that. How do you bring some of that lean challenger mindset in? to a company like that, that may often be associated by some as very slow pace, uh, you know, banking in general, I think we, we view very conservative as consumers. I think it's exactly what you just said is through the mindset. And it, you know, I think the idea of a challenger, although, you know, often is referred to in terms of scale, I think challenger comes to life more as a brand and as an entity, as a mindset, regardless of size of company. And you, you can do that regardless of size of company. Equitable, it's, 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 it's the ninth largest, you know, what I think publicly traded bank uh, in Canada is about 34 billion under assets, a little bit more than that. But the EQ side of the house, even Equitable, is really run with that challenger mindset, is really run with the idea of, we're not one of the big guys. We don't, we don't want to be that. But we have this mission in Canada to transform what we're doing and deliver more value to the customer. And so that, that idea, that passion, that, that drive to not do things the way others are doing, I think is how you bring it. it, it it's a mindset reality. So I, I'm curious your experience coming in, taking on the reins and, and perhaps bringing that, whether it existed or not, as, as a value on day one, how do you rally a team out of the gate as the head of marketing, the VP of marketing? So, so when I came in to Equitable and, and specifically to, to lead kind of some of the charge on the digital banking side, the team had gone through a series of realities over the last couple of years on various phases. What I did was really, first and foremost, get a, get a grounding in the business. So first, took a couple of months to just understand the realities of where it was, what needs to be done. And then it really is starting to put those pieces in place. So making the right people moves for me, getting a, a sort of strategy evolved. You don't have to knock it out of the park in day one, but I think you have to have an idea of what you want to do and then go around and, and really communicate that to, to, to almost every part of the organization and, and get everybody on board. And again, it was less about what, but more about how. And putting those pieces and puzzle in place about the way we're going to work and, and what the reality is about the customer and the market and our purpose and painting that internal story and picture together for people to, to rally behind. That's great. So, Caleb, we're going to take a short break here. We'll come back. We'll, we'll jump from looking at your career journey to as you hit you know, that strategy that you've got to figure out out of the gate and, and what are some of the pillars on that right here on The Marketer's Journey. Want to improve the buyer journey for your customers and your prospects? Look no further than our presenting sponsor, Uberflip. 
Named a leader in content experience by G2 and a leader in content activation by Forrester, Uberflip will help you accelerate every buyer journey by creating bingeable experiences that will allow your prospects to consume more content faster. Companies like Trimble, Wiley, and 3M are using Uberflip to power their go-to-market strategies, and we created one just for you. Head to uberflip.com journey to see how Uberflip can help you leverage the power of personalized content experiences. take a moment and dig a little deeper on this element of finding the right size of company that you want to be with. And I, and I love how Caleb took the time to explore different opportunities in his career. And I don't think enough of us do that to understand what that size of company may mean for us. Now, I'll admit at the beginning of my career, I went the big company route. My rationale was I wanted to learn how a big company operated, see all the different ways that a company optimized. Now, I, I lived some experiences in there and I remember some that were kind of funny almost looking back where I knew it wasn't for me. The lack of understanding of the different stages of decisions, the lack of ability to learn as I went in that large organization is really what frustrated me. It didn't mean that I didn't learn great things, but it's about where do you feel you can contribute the most. Caleb talks about understanding that you know he enjoys having the right resources around him. And I think that's something that we all have to look at. What size of company really determines where you're going to find your comfort level, where you're going to be able to contribute the most. And it's something we should all take a deep look at. All right, Caleb. So I want to go back to something that you pointed out that I find really interesting about your journey, your life journey, if you will, and this balance of your parents who came from the ad world, your original focus on the data world. How do you turn that into the balanced head of marketing that you are today? Right. So um, let me let me just share with you uh, EQ and sort of what that entity is and its purpose, and I'll transition into that. So we're a digitally born bank, meaning we don't have any branches. And it's real rally behind the purpose of changing banking to enrich people's lives by shifting value to them. And value to them comes in two formats. One is financial, so higher interest. So we have 1.7 you earn on your money with, with, with no fees. We, we believe that you shouldn't have to pay a bank. Banks probably paying you. And then life value, which is ease, fair, and transparent. So the need for two bank accounts, so savings and checking, probably no doesn't have to exist. So we have one account where you can use all your money and have a, you know, transactions the way you need it. Um, being able to sign up or buy a GIC or a joint account with just a press of a button and removing in full transparency. So, so none of this idea of a promo rate where you only get high interest for the first couple of months or it's only for new customers or there's markups on international exchange fees. We rally behind that. And I think it definitely is in its growth stage EQ. And it's uh, the challenger mindset we talked about is, 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 what, is what we've injected. And, and so we talked about the idea of the funnel, right? That stranger to visitor to lead to customer to advocate. And at the bank, 
the way we run marketing is really try and get that ba balanced approach between top of funnel or brand execution and that bottom of the funnel, the, the product execution. You know, it's sort of, I view it, there's, there's two worlds to, to marketing that, that are actually synergistic. So I don't like when people pull them apart, but, but for this conversation, we'll say there's, there's the mechanical or the physical side of marketing or the physics side of marketing. And then there is the, the relevance, the chemistry side of marketing, that creating a story and connecting. And so we try, I try and balance both of those worlds for full final execution. And today, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting concept. You know, I read somewhere where we get served something like four to 5,000 different brand impressions somewhere along the line each day. And so we're in the world where there's never been so many ads created, but I believe never been so many ads ignored at the same time. And True. the difference is, you know, I think we're so into that mechanical side, which is awesomely important, the, the, the conversion between those steps in the funnel. But we've lost a little bit of the, the brand, the storytelling side of, of why and understanding uh, and creating great, great marketing. So marketing to me has gone through this, this, this sort of transfer from a, from a mass launch environment where we used to sit around and develop a campaign and launch it on TV and radio and print and digital. And then it, it kind of sat to a learn environment where I think great marketing teams today concentrate on how do you learn? And that's, you have a systematic process around that couple of realities come out of that. One is you do need a method to learn. You can't just be a lean reality that says, hey, we're going to learn. You actually need to, to instill a systematic way of learning. It also tends to the point where uh, we do focus too much a little you know, on the, on the tactical side of it. And, and, and there's a huge opportunity, I think, for brands to pull themselves back, back up to that you know, to the brand side of the house, the storytelling side of the house, and marry that with the technical. So I want to jump in there, Caleb. I, I'm curious about something that you hit on, and let's try and dissect some sure. of the challenges that you have at, at, say, EQ Bank in being more of a brand-built bank as opposed to let's try and compete on all these features. Now, if I go back to some of the examples you gave and some of the products, I mean, they are somewhat unique as much as we, we very much see banking as a commodity very often. Some of the things that you said, like I never understand where to put my money when I deposit right. a check into that checking or savings account. But how do you, how do you lead from a brand perspective and build a brand when, when, as you put it, a lot of those are product features. A lot of those are distinct product features. So would you suggest that you can build that brand up at the top on the product features or you have to build it at that level higher, which is more that connection we have with the brand on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah. So again, I don't think it's, it's one or the other. It's that synergistic between both. And I think depending on where you are in the cycle of how you think about banking as a customer, a lot of people just don't even think about banking, right? We're, we're, we're in a sort of a banking apathy. Others are very involved like you in terms of how do I optimize my money? So understanding what your customer type is and where they are in their buying cycle, you serve the right piece of content. So if you're further down and you're at that optimization stage, it's about the product and, and the difference to help wake you up a little bit and, and, and take you and, and open your eyes to there's another way to bank. The product stage might might not do that, and so you have to you have to serve the right ad at the right time and understand the evolution of both the story and what's going to connect people and nurture them through through that buying cycle. 
who on your team is helping to feed some of these stories that you're telling? I, I know some marketers believe that a lot of that should come from a content marketer and some feel a product marketer. I think, you know, with this debate of the two sides, are you bringing that product marketer and content marketer together or are you leaning more heavily on one? Yeah, so great question. You know, and I think it's it's a combination of the right thought leadership happening at the company. So I'm I'm a big believer in growth teams that are a function of a couple of different people and actually external people to help you create that story and then test it throughout ads that, that you actually launch and see how people react to it. Uh, so the way my team runs is it's kind of a matrix between funnel leads. So I have somebody running the top of the funnel to customer and then sort of engagement lead once you become a, a customer that tap into a creative team that we built in the house as well. We manage all digital sort of execution in-house, a data science that we actually manage in-house as well as uh, project management that work together to come up with this. Then we surround ourselves, you know, I, I believe with the thought leaders in the market. So our agency partners and some others that, that help bring that lens and a different lens to crafting the right story. Gotcha. It's, it's, it's an interesting balance. And, and I guess, you know, combine that, the reality that, that EQ Bank is more of a play to the consumer side. Does it make sense in your mind that you hit on, the, on having that creative team in-house perhaps versus using an external agency? How did you debate that on, in your mind or was it a debate? Yeah, I think it's an evolution. I think it's an interesting evolution of, of, of how, you know, the agency world is evolving with the client world. And so to, to be clear, we use both. And, and I think, you know, I get, I get great thought brand leadership bringing in people who, who, who live in that world. And we use the agency a lot at, at that level. And then when it comes to just execution and media management, uh, we actually do that, do that in-house. And the two work very synergistically. And I think that's, that's an interesting transition that, 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 that we've seen in the industry in terms of roles evolving. So I've got one last question for you. And I, I know we didn't plan on hitting on this, but I'm, I'm curious, given the dynamic at, at EQ and, and you have another side of the bank that has more of a B2B play, right. how do you and that other brand have to find a way to, to tell a similar story, but obviously one that's that's geared to each of your different audiences. So for people's benefit, there's equitable bank, which is more on the commercial side. Right. And so, um, you know, going back to the funnel, just at a high level on the B2C side, we run the full funnel. Marketing owns the full funnel. And one of the things I, I think is really neat too is, is the evolution of marketing from just basically, an, you know, an advertising shop to a growth shop and actually a P&L owner shop. And then on the equitable side, we own two lead and we work synergistically with sales um, then to, to convert the customer. The idea is the essence is similar. Funnel management technically is somewhat similar. Steps in between those funnels differ, and you bring in the right skill set to, to be able to, to, to sort of balance and manage, manage between that. Interesting challenges, Caleb. This has been a great, great chat so far. We're going to keep you around for one more little segment here after a short break. Right back with Caleb Rubin. So I want to dig a little deeper on my debate of who should help you evaluate 
the stories to be told with your brand. And when we put the right stories at the right place, this is a big challenge for a lot of us, whether you're in B2B or B2C. Now, some of us may say that it should be on the product marketer to determine how we frame our products relative to the market and what we're trying to solve. Some may say it's the content marketer who's really a storyteller. In my experience, you need someone who can help bridge these two sides. At my company, we have someone who is a senior director of content experience. Content experience is this idea of what story needs to come after the previous story that was told. What journey is someone going to go along at every step of their buyer path? And when we start to take more of that outlook, when we start to have someone who's looking at the entire buyer journey from point A to B, and that could be a new customer coming through, as Caleb talks about, you know, top of funnel versus bottom of funnel, or it can even be an existing customer we're trying to renew. When we start to have that person on our team who's responsible for telling the right stories and injecting the right content, we start to be able to build our brand more consistently at every stage. Take a look at your team and determine, do you have the right ownership of the story you want to be told at every stage from the first point they get to know you to the time that they're becoming your biggest advocate? All right, Caleb, we've broken down your career, the buyer journey that you're crafting in a very complex, but you know, as we said, non-commoditized world anymore in, the, in what banking is. With a lot of that on your plate, how do you find time to take a break? How do you set the right guardrails for yourself? Yeah, it, you know, it's such, it's such an important question and honestly one that, that I'm not very good at and, and I struggle with and probably will for, for a while. Um, admitting it right yeah exactly and so i've always dabbled with meditation and mindfulness and although again i'm 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 terrible with it and it frustrates me i kind of pull two key things out of it one is to try and be you know as present as possible um and so so i do that where wherever i am i I try to be you know if i'm with the kids i'm with the kids and if we're biking we're biking and, and i'm focused there uh, and the other one is don't beat yourself up. I don't think your mind works or, or creativity works and, and set blocks between whatever periods you might happen. So on a Sunday morning, if, if something comes to me about work, um, it's okay. I don't beat myself up about it, especially if it energizes me. And I think as long as you're living in that world where, where it's not depleting you, it's kind of energizing you, maybe as hokey as that sounds, I'm okay about it. I like that. Great message. All right. Last, last little quick question there. What's your app of choice for meditation? Are you using an app for it? I use Calm. Calm. Nice. It's a good go-to. It's, it's a, a great one. I, I actually like the, the meditation built into the Peloton app for those who, who subscribe to the Peloton app. It's pretty good too. It's pretty good too. Anyways, Caleb, this has been great. We really enjoyed chatting with you. I think everyone enjoyed listening and hearing another perspective on what it takes to be a marketing leader. I thank you for joining us. If this is your first time tuning in, check out all the other great marketing leaders we've had on previous episodes. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcasts, especially when you can leave a review. Please let us know. Until next time, big thanks to Caleb and big thanks to all of you for tuning in. 
You've been listening to the Marketer's Journey podcast. Big thanks to our sponsors at Uberflip, who help you fuel demand generation with content for an accelerated buyer journey. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify at uberflip.com slash podcast or anywhere you listen to podcasts. 